0: Do men know the agony they cause women? I am in the firing line today on this special episode of the Be Yourself and Love It podcast with me, Anthony Samaroff. One of my old Facebook contacts, Satya, asked if she could interview me, and I thought that would be a great idea for the show and we talk about what it takes to be a well balanced person and some of the questions that women who've been in difficult relationships with men might find themselves asking i think we did a good job so i hope you'll enjoy episode 16 of the be yourself and love it podcast hey Satya, good to speak to you
1: hey anthony it's good to speak to you too thanks for doing this with me that's great.
0: thank you for offering me it's exciting okay yeah very exciting
1: very exciting well i hope to ask you i have a Three sort of, you know, baseline questions, preliminary questions, and then I have four that are very specific regarding relationships. So I don't know if we're going to if we're going to make it through all of it, but you know, um, we can always pick it up maybe some other time if we don't. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. So what's it? How's it? How is it over in Scotland?
0: It's a cold time of year, but I'm quite excited because I'm going to be going to India shortly. And it'll be a little bit warmer there. But I'm going to the north, so it's not going to be baking or anything.
1: Right. Right. And do you have um, a certain itinerary? Do you have a certain purpose in going?
0: Yeah, I'm going to do yoga and meditation, detox retreat, all that stuff. I'm just trying to get myself nice and sharp so that I can really deep in the work that I've been doing in the new year. And mm. for that, I kind of need to be at my maximum potential. So that's why I'm going out there.
1: Absolutely. Well, you know, I I know that you know this, but I think I'll share it with you publicly. But, yeah, I really appreciate your, your journey. Uh, I meditate also and practice yoga. And, you know, uh, heal myself via uh, meditation and prayer. And um, I don't I don't see religion as um, as I have in the past in a traditional Mm. way. So it's a very um, more of a spiritual thing, more of a um, you know I I have the integrity within to follow internal rules. You know, like like the like the Ten Commandments. They're in my they're in my soul. Mm. (laughs) They really are. (laughs) So, yeah, but um, that's awesome. I wish you a really, really good trip. You need to take pictures.
0: Yeah, I sure do. Yeah. And um, I'll let you know how it goes.
1: Please. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so should I go ahead and start? Go ahead. Okay, so the first question is, what are the characteristics of a well-balanced person?
0: Oh, now that is a big question
1: I know (laughs) I know it's good for you it'll put hair on your chest
0: yeah well uh, you've certainly got me off rolling okay a bit a well-balanced person first of all needs to basically be able to turn to themselves and that's something that I've learned to do largely through the process of journaling regularly. And a lot mm-hmm. of people experience a lot of resistance to sitting down and write, writing things down. But a lot of the time, that's a good indication that you really need to sit and write it down. It's almost that's like you're, yeah, you're scared to look in. So um, we get a lot of difficult messages when we're growing up or messages that become difficult because we don't have the... Uh, capacity to process our emotions at the speed that um, adults do when we're children. There's cells called spindle cells in the brain that are there for processing emotion and we get seven times as many when we grow up um, as when we're kids. Now when that over emotion sort of overflows and the parents they're, and the adults are not really trained to deal with kids' emotional outbursts. Uh, they don't know how to say, "Wow, you sure look upset," or "Oh, you must be furious." And the the ch- and so instead they try and repress the child. They say, "Don't get angry," or you know, mm. "You're a big girl now," or "Big boys don't cry." And so yeah. we learn to not um, to disconnect from our emotions. And then yes. when we're older and we have the capacity to hold on to ourselves to, and to tolerate those emotions, we've already learned to distract ourselves. Um, and now we've got all of the extra tools in the world to distract ourselves, you know, constant notifications on Facebook and so forth. So we never really learn to turn to ourselves and be our own yeah. parent. Yes, so, exactly. Exactly. So I think that's the beginning of it. A, a well-balanced person, and this is kind of di- difficult things to face up to, should be able to go out, out in the world and make a living. I mean, this is this organism is for survival and for reproduction as far as Mother Nature is concerned. Um, she doesn't care that much about you. She's interested in reproducing herself and our systems of education don't prepare us adequately for um our own economic health we're not taught That's financial true. responsibility in school you can go through school for 11 to 13 years and not live, learn a single skill that someone's going to pay you you know 10 15 bucks an hour or 10, 10 pounds an hour if you're <clears throat> if you're here in the uk so people are coming out mm-hmm. with um their whole adolescence wasted by By the system, and then it's hard for them to balance out that they can um uh, and a lot of people have difficulties in those areas but let's say there's a lot more important things in life than sex and money, but it all starts down there from the from the Absolutely. ground up, and if you're not satisfied in your most basic biological drives it's going to be more difficult for you to access your your higher powers. So those are some of the things that I think are important. The ability to be there for yourself, to self-comfort, to offer yourself understanding, to, to be an adult, um, to take responsibility for the fundamental aspects of your life. And um if you're solid, if you're grounded in those areas, those are where people's attention should be first, then you will be able to build your house on a solid foundation.
1: Absolutely, I agree with you. So let me go ahead and mirror back to you what you said in my own words. So you're feeling that the two basic areas that we need to focus on are being able to parent ourselves, to parent our own inner child, and to parent the wounds that we um, accumulate or the, the messages that tell us h- how to be and to maybe exist within a certain box or something. And uh, then the other one is to be able to be self-sufficient. And that requires a certain amount of strength within ourselves to be able to hold down ourselves, whether it's in a job or working independently as an entrepreneur.
0: Yeah, those are. Is that very, right? Yeah, those are very important things. And then the third one would be to be able to cultivate meaningful and fulfilling relationships. To be able to connect with people and have a good balance of give and take, which is what most people, I would say, do not have. And they, if they're a giver, they might end up being resentful. Um, that they're taking advantage of because they might know how to be for people around them but they don't know how to sort of bait the hook so to speak so that people want to do and and to give to them. So you've got to have a balance of that yin yang. Now I figure if you if you've got these three foundations pretty well sorted then you can start looking to create more purpose in your life and and I think those things will happen naturally once once you've got the, the roots well-established.
1: Yeah, I agree. So with relationships, and I have some relationship questions for you as well, um, uh, we do need to be able to uh, not become doormats to another person and see ourselves in a really healthy light of self-love. I think is what you mean, sure. and so that we can empower ourselves to not take just any old scrap. Otherwise, if we don't name, if we can't identify the thing that we want romantically, mm-hmm. we will get any old scrap.
0: That's right. And if you don't uh-huh. feel like you've got choices, if you don't feel like you've got options with the uh, um, complementary sex, then or, you know, same if, if, if you're if you're gay, then uh, if you don't feel right. like you have options, then you're likely to take what you can get. So it's really important to cultivate yourself into the kind of person who has options so that your love is a gift. It's not just something that. I mean, how how insulting to be with someone because you couldn't get anyone better. You know, you you they, you want that person True. to know that when you share yourself wow. with them, they have got something um, that is rare, that is desired, and that that you're choosing them for the right reasons because you want to be with them, not because you're lonely or need sex and and so forth.
1: Well, sex is an interesting subject in and of itself. I think
0: always interesting.
1: Always interesting. It's always right?
0: interesting to me.
1: Yeah, yeah. Sex is connected to our own sexuality, which is connected to our minds and our emotional selves mm. and our spiritual selves. Now, many people um, can disconnect and, and compartmentalize. We can, mm. They can detach. And what happens is eventually all those points are going to get hit. Right, With maybe different people or whatever, but all those points will eventually get hit, and it could come as a big surprise because we can distance ourselves from ourselves, let alone other people, with sex only, or putting too much of a, a priority on it, and that could come from socializing, from the media, from mm-hmm. you know, the things we learn in society, and our family, the media, our immediate circle of friends. I'm thinking of boys in particular, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot I could say about that. Yeah, there is. People... sure. Some people can't let go in their lives, and they can only let go when they have sex. And some people can't let go when they have sex. And people have various different relationships to sex... And that idea of compartmentalizing it and it becoming an escape or a mental thing or, you, you know, you're not really there when, you're, when your body is with another body. Um, it's like people need to have a, in my view, have have a good relationship with sex and it should be a, an experience. Like even, I'm, I've not got any like moralistic views about how, when and where people should do it, but I, in my view... You know, even if someone is with with someone else is a one-off thing. It should be an experience. It should be in a way beautiful. It should not be, um, like disconnected. Uh, I mean, yeah, when I say I'm not sure. saying it can't be. You know, when I say it shouldn't be animalistic, I don't mean like it shouldn't be raw and whatever people can enjoy right. that. But, be, be, yeah, below that, there should be the experience of someone connecting um, with another yes. person if you want sure. to avoid the feelings of emptiness that uh, some people report ensue from that. And then there's just an appetite to keep on chasing this thing. I mean, you know, there's a there's an expression which goes, uh, sex is only big a big deal when you're not getting it. And I, I think that's very true. If you, if you, don't have access or you don't feel like you can go out and get your needs met, whether as a guy or as a woman, I know women have slightly different needs from men in that area, um, in terms of the emotional quality of the person they need to be with in order to be satisfied, Um, then you might start disconnecting from sex as a, defense against the pain of not being able to get what you want you know when we can't get what we want we repress often yes and then your your relationships to sex starts getting warped your relationship to the opposite sex can get warped if you see them as withholding something from you and so there i mean we could do a whole program just about sex i guess
1: I was just going to chime in on and kind of connect the dots where we were talking about um, communication and withholding communication and not feeling comfortable in a sexual setting sometimes because of emotions that might come up. And yet one of the more balanced ways to interact is, is feeling comfortable in your skin so that you can connect uh, so the other person feels respected and valued. <clears throat> Otherwise, people will walk away with an empty feeling, mm. you know, like a, a need to reach out and like a biting into a mystery sandwich. Like, what What was that? And that's when you have, you know, people acting out after that, because it, it connects right up into the emotions. So that goes to my next question, um, dealing with uh, coupling, whether someone is gay or straight. Um What do you feel are the three or however many main communication characteristics that we need to create a successful result?
0: Right. The first thing that you need to cultivate is a willingness to show up and communicate. Right. That's more important than anything else. You need to be willing to solve problems together. If someone is not willing to talk, if, you know, they're the kind of person that's just like, okay, like, let's just get, you know, let's just get on with that, then you've not got the basis for a successful relationship because... In order to succeed in the relationship, you have to communicate. There are always going to be problems. So the first thing is the willingness to, to talk. The second thing is the ability to listen to the other, what the other person is saying and demonstrate understanding, even if you don't agree with them yet. Because if you can understand each other, then s- solutions will become apparent
1: would you would you count that down to uh uh listening skills would you consider that the first important? thing is
0: the ability to listen cuz you know when when someone says something and it can be difficult to listen to then there there's a temptation to jump in and say no 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 it didn't happen that way well you know you might need to put that aside and and not worry too much about how it happened at first, but just let the other person feel heard so that their um, emotion comes down somewhat, and that will happen gradually um, if you can if you can be there for the other person. Now, that can be difficult again because you have to be able to turn to yourself in self-comfort if something that they say triggers you or is, um, is, is not easy to listen to. Um, but you need to have the the presence to be able to bring bring your attention to the the present moment. so then. Uh, the, the second skill, which I recommend that everyone cultivate, is the simple ability to paraphrase what you've heard in a short sentence. So take what the other person has said and say, you know, if I get you right, is it X, Y, and Z? And they'll be able yes. to go, yeah, exactly. And they'll be able to open up and listen and deepen. And then they will be able to... Um, you might have to do that two or three times, but the important thing is that both people are actually willing to show up and do that for one another. If you are, then you can probably you can probably solve problems.
1: Right. Can you go over what some of the triggers might be, uh, or or what a trigger is rather? Why don't you just define what a trigger is so that people can recognize that?
0: Sure. A trigger is anything that some one says or does, which causes what might seem like a disproportionate emotional reaction to you. Uh, I mean, defensiveness, everyone is probably a little bit defensive when under criticism, that's fine. But uh, excessive defensiveness is um, a sign that someone is triggered. And that can just be because of whatever experiences they've had in their past that, that may remain unprocessed from their childhood. Um, various difficulties and so forth um, which may well remind them of situations they were in in the past on an unconscious or even conscious level and so all the emotion associated with that is is kind of brought out all at once and so I don't know, it could be that you were disproportionately criticised by a parent so you're super sensitive to criticism or you know, I notice that sometimes I get anxious because my one of my primary caregivers was very pernickety and everything had to be the right way <laughs> and, and things like that. So if, if someone, say, asked me to help them move a uh, item of furniture or something like that, I can get mm-hmm. anxious about that because at any moment I could be criticised or it had to be done a certain mm. way or, you know, I remember once yeah. being at a... Be- being at someone's flat at a party apartment this is years ago a decade ago or more and i knocked over an ashtray and i freaked mm. out because oh. if, if that happens if something like that happened at my parents house that would be like the end of the world but oh God. But, but there, are no one care, no, no one cared you know it's a party oh an ashtray um uh, spill over so Oh, well, you know, nothing. So that that would be an example of a trigger. I had a disproportionate reaction that wasn't called for. And the yeah. thing is, in relationships, we're, the closer we get to someone, we're likely to get triggered more and more because um, they replace our parents in our, um, let's say, our neurology as the person we go to to meet our attachment needs we all have certain needs for attachment uh, to others and when when your attachment needs is frustrated when you feel like do they even love me or something like that all of your right. un- all of your unmet needs from childhood get triggered And you you can very easily get emotional. So if you want to have an extraordinary relationship, you need to get really good at working through these areas on your own together and also being with each other to to help each other through the process.
1: I would really like to talk to you about that in a little while, Hmm. about how to process that um, Hmm. together and alone. But um, let me go ahead and ask you the next question on men. This is from... Many women's perspective, not just I'm not just saying that this is mine. Mm. Um, I'm taking this from many of the women that I work with. Okay, and I work mainly with women. So, um, but I do I do work with men too, but mainly women. Okay, so uh, do men realize the agony um, that men can cause women by not communicating their thoughts? and feelings when a woman is in love with a man. Mm. And I, in love, because that makes the difference.
0: Now, that it, is really a huge question. Do men realize the agony that they can cause women by not communicating honestly? Well, I guess it depends on the man. Yeah. Um, and I think the the problem we have now is that men are not brought up to be in their power. And so by the time they get a woman, they're um, not able... Well, I I wouldn't wouldn't say not able because that removes responsibility from them. They've been through their their own wounds and, and sometimes they're just so glad that someone accepts them. They might be... Tremendously afraid to jeopardize uh, any. You know, it's like, you know, it's like what we were talking about. I can't remember the expression you used for just taking what you can get. First of all, I think too many men just take what they can get instead of cultivating themselves into a person that, that can get what they want, and then mm. they end up, then they end up not being not bringing them full first, full selves to the relationship are uh, are being completely honest in the relationship with the um with the woman, and then the woman suffers agony as a consequence of that because nothing yes. she can do will make her measure up because the guy's not a hundred percent in it and so or not in it to the degree that she is and I think a big difference from men and women in this regard is. This is my perspective. I think you, you, you might agree uh, someone could tell me if they see it otherwise. I think when it comes to men, women have a big shopping list of things that they would like in a man. You know, maybe, yes. twen- maybe 20 things, right? So if, if you met a man that had 17 or 18 things on that list, you'd be like, well, that's pretty good. You know, he's got most of those qualities. So if he doesn't have one or two or three, that's not such a big deal. Whereas men maybe only have four or five big things on their shopping list. So if a girl, if a woman doesn't have one or two of those, that's like a huge percentage of what he really wants. And that's where you get in these situations where the guy can't commit or isn't sure, you know, on some level he's like, oh, but she's so good in these ways, but. I really wanted a girl, you know, that has this as well. It's a bit, uh, and you know, it takes a lot of bravery for a man to up and say that, you know, to to a woman. It's like, yeah, do you know what? You're kind of like almost everything I want, but not quite. And I'm still trying to figure it out in my head if that's if that's correct or not. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's wanna, harsh. Yeah, that's really harsh. And yeah. you know, I men are told on one hand that um, they should communicate openly and honestly, and on the other hand, they've all had experiences of declaring themselves to a woman, you know, I love you, you're the only one I want, and so forth, and her more or less going, yuck, like, less of that emotional stuff. And if you add all the conditioning that men receive about, you know, man up and take it, and they're not treated particularly empathetically, this preconditions the man... Not to be able to be sensitive to women, so um, a lot of work needs to be done in this area. Certainly, there's plenty of unscrupulous men who've who've hurt women, and uh, I, I appreciate you you speaking up for women by by bringing bringing up that question. Do men know the agony? I think that too often men don't know their own agony, and when you turn right. off and when you turn off your own pain, if you turn off to your own pain and aren't there for yourself, it's going to make it difficult to be sensitive, and aware, and giving, and loving to to another person. So I hope that's uh, my all encompassing answer to that question.
1: <laughs> well, let me go ahead and paraphrase that or mirror that back to you. Um, it seems like um, basically men uh, going back to your first your first um, definitions of what what it what, what it means to be a balanced person this goes back to men being able to learn what their triggers are what their wounds are, begin healing them and then learning how to parent uh, parent themselves. Um, so once they're able to do that they will, they will know, just like if a man has a child. If a man has a child, for instance, <clears throat> and let's say he has a little daughter, daddy's girl, right? Mm-hmm. And a man who has a daughter is less likely to want to hurt her because of the intense connectiveness mm. that that eternal bond of uh, you know parent child father child now some people don't know how to parent mm. so they don't recognize an incredible eternal mm. bond and so they contri- you know they contribute to really messing things up mm. but uh, when you realize how profound that relationship is you're you're a lot more uh, you're willing to be more sensitive mm. to that child mm. um, you don't want her to walk away feeling. Mm. Unloved or empty, you know, and uh, but men have to also learn how to do that, too, mm. with their with their children. But For but sure. some, I think that this generation here, this generation is amazing because there are a lot of very, very savvy people about the subject that we're talking about, yes. who, who are willing, who want to be more than you know generations pass. Yes. And that is just I really appreciate that. I'm just I'm like, thank you God for all mm. the um you know the indigo people and mm. the crystal children and all those wonderful beings out there because men are different. They're yes. they're learning to be different now than they were. So I think that's amazing. Okay, so number two, this is again back to men. And I'm asking this, remember, based upon the, you know, the clients that I have. Okay, the second question is, why do men, well, maybe I already answered it, but maybe not. Why do men not only shut down if they don't want to communicate, but gaslight a woman by saying she's too sensitive or crazy Whatever adjectives you want to uh, describe, you know that with. Sure. And as an example, just my personal feeling is, when somebody says that I'm too sensitive, and sure. I've had that happen in the past yeah. with many people who are not sensitive to me, yeah, um, or to themselves or to life. You're too sensitive. It's like saying you're too artistic. Right. It's like, okay, how are you too artistic? You know what
0: I mean? Right, right. Well, I mean, you. everyone knows that if someone's getting angry and you tell them don't get angry, it makes them blow up and go through the roof, right? So right. anything you try and repress, balloons. I would say the reason why men do this particularly is because... Well, I mean, how far back do you want to go? We can look at biology and say, once mm-hmm. upon a time, we lived in tribal societies and the men... Well, yeah. And the men had to go on a hunt and go to war if there was a war with another tribe and things like that. Um, whereas women were extremely uh, vulnerable. They could die in childbirth very easily. So the the women would form the community and the men would go out to do the dangerous stuff. Now, because sperm is ten a penny and eggs are rare. So you want to you wanna make sure that the women are relatively sheltered and safe. So... A man can 't um be emotional in that situation where he 's got to go and fight the neighboring tribe or something like that uh, so through biology, what has become acceptable between men was not the same as what 's acceptable for women so it's so That's if guys don 't know themselves and are not adults they 're not um. Able to hold their own emotions and things like that. And then when they've been around the other guys, everyone, everyone is like jerking around and, you know, if you, if you get upset and cry, the first person to get offended is like made fun of and, and things like that. Right? That's how guys learn to relate to each other. But if they don't learn a good steady relationship with themselves and women, then in a serious situation where Someone around them is emotional, and they need to be responsive to that. They yeah. simply don't they're like the the parent that doesn't know what to do when their child's crying or or angry right, or, yeah. and the only thing that they can do is spank the kid so that that it's like the the guy's turning up interesting Has his woman is emotional, and instead of being able to say "Wow, you're really upset about that," and she says, "Yeah, I am and she cries and she um She talks more and he gives her a big hug and he doesn't try and solve her problems. And she she just say, wow, you know, I feel so much better now. I love you. Um, The guy doesn't have a clue what to do with his own emotions. He doesn't have a clue what to do with her emotions. No one's ever taught him that there is a way to learn. No one's ever sent him a link to my YouTube channel. And I'm sad to say a large percentage of guys... uh, and probably a large percentage of women as well, aren't even interested in this stuff and, and don't know that this stuff exists yet. So we need to raise the consciousness of the planet and and say that there are, you know, simple, practical solutions to these things. You know, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to learn some simple, basic relationship skills that will uh, teach you to be, be there better for your woman and... Um, and also to teach to teach women that um that what what her man needs and how to eh, also how to communicate eh, in a in a language that the man will understand and give simple requests that he will that will make it easier for him to meet your needs and third what red flags to be aware of and how to patch up your own wounds so that you're not attracting jerks into your life because um for whatever reason because you didn't have a great relationship with your dad or because he was absent or because your first male role models weren't warm and sensitive or because of the kind of men that you saw your your mum with or or other females in your mm-hmm. life you might not have the best template of a male mm-hmm. so you need to experience um gentle males and also Ah, there's always a difficulty for, for for lots of gentle males as well, because what they find is they, they end up in the notorious friend zone. So for those kind of men, they need to, to learn that it's not enough to be nice. You need to be nice, and you need to be strong and attractive as well. Yeah, it's
1: a lot to put on somebody's plate. Sure. But I, think, I think you described that really, really well. I really like the analogy that you made, and I'm paraphrasing, Um, so that people will know what that is when communicating. So, basically, when you made the analogy that it was like a baby crying and a man not knowing what to do, basically, it sounds like that child is making a lot of noise and grinding against the man's nerves at some level, uh, maybe some very low frequency, and for others, very high frequency. And um, so the woman becomes symbolic of that child crying and making noise. And so he just, he, you know, doesn't know what to do to shut her up. And maybe he has a reaction and maybe he doesn't. Right. Some people might walk away, walk out of the room, walk out of the relationship, create distance. Right. And not talk to the woman. I've seen that happen before. A lot of, a lot of the women, um, that I work with a lot of them have that happen mm. we're in that where they try to communicate and the man just walks away I've had that happen to me too
0: oh, I'm so sorry yeah yeah oh, well
1: I, it's okay but we, we have a good idea why it's happening yeah. they just don't know themselves they don't know what to do they've never been taught
0: I saw a female dating coach on the internet saying something like talking for women is like sex for men and each needs to know this about the other. So you can't like not let your woman talk because for you that would be like if she was refusing to sleep with you. And she was saying the same for women. You have to understand that many men get their connection needs met through sex and um, the same way that you get your connection needs met through communication.
1: Yes, that's very true.
0: One book I would recommend you recommend to your female clients who are, who are having difficulties with some of these questions is, I think it's called Men Made Easy by Cara Oh. Uh, I will need to see if I can get Cara O on this show because I liked her YouTube videos and um, that book might help, help um, put some things into context for um, some of your female clients who are struggling with the kinds of questions that you're asking. That would be fabulous.
1: Hmm. Okay, so the third question is, why... Oh, well, I think we just covered that.
0: Ask it anyway, because we can always clarify more.
1: Why don't men value the art of communicating?
0: Well, I wouldn't like to generalize. I mean, I'm a man, and I really Maybe like value women. communication. Oh. But I think... I don't know if it's still some more of this kind of suck-it-up culture that that men are predisposed to. Or just that a lot of the time <laughs> men deal with things differently. Like there's there's a book bit- um, called How Men Grieve or something like that by Tom Golden and he's talking about how his, his experience as a psychotherapist that may, that they were kind of taught that the the way that people grieve for example is by talking but he found in his practice that a lot of the men didn't need to talk they needed to go out and do things so if if a client's dad died and when he was a kid he used to play baseball with his dad that Um, that one thing that he would do is go out and commemorate it by taking the baseball bat and the glove and laying it on the grave or, you know, to do something. So I think sometimes people are wired up differently and maybe more men are wired up to try and demonstrate and and embody things and do. And if, if, if Someone's listening and they recognize, oh, well, maybe my man's a little bit more like that. Maybe he's more of a doer than a talker. Then they can also adapt and see if they can find ways of uh, resolving disputes or conflicts by doing something. You also um, should... you know explore the five love languages because people give and receive love five different ways and different ways are important to different people and there is touch quality time words of affirmation acts of service and giving and receiving gifts and it's important to know what is important to your partner do they need more touch than you're giving them especially if things have been difficult Do they only notice when when you do things for them, when you when you help them with things? In which case, their love language is acts of service. Or do they need uh, do they need quality time? Um, Or you know, uh, is their their love language words of affirmation? And are do they take criticism really harshly? And are you making sure that? you know you're giving giving each other lots of positive comments uh, studies show that even people with high self-esteem need um four or five positive comments for every negative comment to maintain the goodwill in relationships some relationships people only communicate when they've got something negative to say so mm. when when you're resentful towards your partner it's very hard to go out your way to notice things that they do for you and say, oh, thank you for um, cleaning up the living room before I came home. I really appreciate that. Because you're annoyed at all the things that they're not doing. But sometimes you need to do things you're uncomfortable with that don't come naturally to you to help foster the kind of relationship that you will be happy with, you know. For example, in my relationship one of my partner's love languages was words of affirmation whereas i don't take compliments very easily so part of the practice for me at first was to learn to give her more compliments to notice things she did to say i love you more to to say you're oh you're beautiful or sweet or uh, more and at first it felt unnatural to me because it didn't occur to me to say these things but in time by practicing I um, it, it came more natural to say those things. So you you adapt to one another's needs and see if you see if what what can I do better to cultivate yes. a relationship to help the man open up. And then sometimes you're just not with the person who's willing to meet you halfway. In which case right. you need to consider what you're doing in that situation. Yeah, yeah.
1: What are we doing in situations mm. like that? Well, there's a lot of attachment that comes from things like sex Mm -hmm. or it could be an expectation level. Um, It could be like, I've noticed a lot of women. um, This is true for me when I was younger, but not so much as I got older, but um, some women will feel like I've never felt this way before. Um, This feeling is, is dominant. It's, it's intense. And, They are biting into a mystery sandwich, not really sure if that other person is feeling the same way, but sensing that they might be, and they might be repressing it, right? For out of fear or an inability to communicate, etc., etc. And I found that kind of attachment, not knowing if this person uh, feels this way and that that's the soulmate, that they've been waiting for their whole life, that will hold a woman yes. to
0: a man. Well, yeah, I'm, the thing is, you have to understand what engineers infatuation. And there's, the. I mean, the ultimate um, book on this is Getting the Love You Want by Harville Hendricks, but it's quite a lengthy tome. But in that, he basically said that when you're young, you get certain impressions from your your. Primary caregivers because they're the people who meet your um, attachment needs or fail to do so, and you basically um, pick up what he calls an imago, I M A, a G O. I don't know how it's pronounced. Which is com- uh, uh, which is, maybe, which is a composite of the qualities of your primary caregiver, particularly. Um, wherever they fail to meet certain developmental needs, and in addition to that there's there's some polarization so for example, if you're a very emotional person, you're more likely to polarize and get um quite a logical um unemotional person and there's 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 various in temperament and values. Opposites don't attract. We like people who are like us in our values, but in temperaments, opposites do attract. So this, you've got this unconscious imprint, and when you meet someone who matches qualities that uh, fit this imprint, this attraction, this um, infatuation, gets triggered. Um, but the, the 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 bigger the infatuation, the bigger the power struggle is going to be when the infatuation. Uh, runs out and you find out that this person that you were in love with is not actually equipped to meet your unmet childhood needs for you, neither are you to you equipped to meet theirs and right. so you need a whole bunch of other skills and you have have to have a brain screwed on your shoulders when you're attracted <laughs> to when you're attracted to someone and realize you know being into someone isn't enough you know they have to have no. good personal qualities right? You're better off going with someone that you're less attracted to that you know has excellent values than someone that you're extremely attracted to that has got no interest in in meeting your needs and this is a very hard pill to swallow I mean but m- through most of our history we didn't even have a choice you know you married who your parents said or, or who you who, or something like that so the thing is if you've meets, you you never know, you know, once you, you make love to someone who, who you're a bit more lukewarm, I'm not saying that people should settle, I'm just saying that infatuation is not the primary and final criteria on who, who's good for you, it's perfectly good if it's paired up with a bunch of good personal qualities, but, um, you know, you're setting yourself up for trouble if you're just go- going for someone that you're attracted to and and, and, not, and not considering other factors. And that goes for men or women.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I really do. Um, one thing that I have noticed in this whole process, I think it's just a, a learning curve, part of life, learning the difference between infatuation and maybe being in love. Right. And I, I would say that throughout a person's until they learn that there is a difference between love and infatuation because sex being attracted to someone and the emotional spark intertwine some feel more intensely than others in those areas and learning the difference between love and infatuation in my I give people really severe examples so that it will really shock their brain but it seems to work one of the ways you can tell if you're in love is if the person that you claim you're in love with um, becomes a paraplegic
0: Hmm.
1: and what would be your reaction you know many relationships don't survive that
0: right there are statistics right. that
1: prove that there are partners that leave when that happens
0: right so
1: the ones that stay that there you got the answer to your
0: question right 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 you know if you're if yeah you, well the thing is we've lost this because as you know so many um relationships end in divorce these days and things like that and people don't have the idea that these vows are a serious thing anymore and you know i think that you know i'm not married but if i get married the plan to get married is to stay with that person who i married for the rest of my life i mean that's what you say at your wedding nowadays Mm -hmm. it's like oh no no big deal well the thing is people should be prepared and you know i i am sad that our education system does not prepare people for ah. for this for all of the communication skills that i teach on my youtube channel could be taught in school to everyone yes i agree would, and that and and school could also prepare people for things like you know there's no reason why oh it's journaling time boys and girls um Every day for fifteen minutes, just just as I do every day for fifteen minutes, I write three pages. Uh, if I if I'm feeling emotional, I might write six or seven pages. What are you thinking? What are you feeling? Get clear to yourself. You don't have to show what you wrote in your journal to anyone else. Get people in the habit of all of the things that they need to do to take care of themselves to be an adult. Um, and. Re- first in the relationship to themselves and then in the relationship to others. All of these things can be taught in the formative years of life, but people need to be willing to step up and teach them. And since so few people know that these ways of approaching life even exist, we need to become models. And everyone who listens to my show is no doubt ahead of the curve, and I would encourage them to see it as they are... You know, gift to the world to themselves first and then to the world to become an expert in this stuff, so that they can show they can show a model of look how good you can have it if you get these things done and you know bait the hook to get to get more people into this stuff.
1: Well, I agree that's again back to your um comment of raising the consciousness of people, hmm. and that's what we are here to do. Um, And many people are referred to as light workers Mm. who do this kind of thing, who bring light, shed light. And you don't have to be of any particular persuasion in terms of the healing field um, to do that. We can bring light to each other personally. But um, I did want to interject that in California, in um, in the inner city schools, they have started to experiment and teach meditation. Good start. And the, the kids, and we're talking kids, 8, 9, 10, they're doing great. They're, they're calmer. Their uh, scores are higher in school. Um, they're dealing with sometimes very, very difficult family situations, domestic violence in inner cities. And actually, even outside of inner cities, um, in the best of homes, there's domestic violence. Okay, this is the last question. Do men realize that no effort made to talk things out or resolve problems can signal to a woman the end of the relationship? Or the relationship is ending. It's very threatening.
0: Mm, yes, I find these questions quite difficult to answer because I have to put myself in the place of the kind Mm -hmm. of men that you're talking about and I've never been that kind of guy. I've always Mm -hmm. been been wanting authentic... Well, let's say not always. Mm -hmm. Since I... My mid-twenties, early mid-twenties, you know, open, honest, authentic communication is what I have been seeking out because... Partly because my i my caregivers were not are not good communicators they they still have the same arguments they were having when I was a child and um I kind of I wanted to do better than that. do men realize that not communicating uh, to a woman signals may signal the end of relationship well I guess um if they're in that situation, they they either don't realise that, or at they or they're kind of at that kind of point, like where they where they feel like, why is she always trying to get me to talk? Like, I wish she would just shut up and we could just like not we could just get on with it. If you will watch the the most recent season of South Park, um, at season twenty one, this is actually a theme. <laughs> This is actually a theme in it right now, where um, you know the, the the character that was always an asshole, Cartman, his girlfriend keeps on wanting to talk to him and to talk. She's trying to be there for him as well and solve the relationship problems. Whereas every time she she turns up, he's just like, ah, ah. <laughs> and and, and uh, yeah, it's funny, but it's actually sad because it's I deeply know. symbolic of something that I a lot know. of people experience. And I would just add one thing to that. Do not always be working on your relationship. Okay? Do not always be working on your relationship. If you want to have a nice garden, you need to pull up weeds. and You need to rake up the leaves and you need to take out the trash and all of that stuff. But if all you do in your garden is that stuff, you will fucking hate your garden. Right? You need to plant flowers, you need to smell the flowers, you need to have a picnic in your garden, you need to invite the neighbours over for a barbecue, you need to sunbathe. Right? And if the man is getting the impression that all that is happening in this relationship is working on the relationship, then all he needs to do is rake up the leaves and pull up the weeds, and it's not a pleasure. So, it's important for everyone in a and I'm guilty, I'm guilty of trying to work too much on the relationship in the past, and that's how I learned this, that's how I can tell people about this. You need to strike up the right balance, and sometimes maybe the right thing to do is not talk, maybe the right thing to do is, you know, have a great experience together, and and, and things like that and or, or a few of them to top up the tank of goodwill so that there's enough relationship there to work on and i'm not saying that this will work with all men some men may be just not up for communicating but i think in some cases that maybe a, a better balance needs to be struck struck
1: true i can i can understand that for sure um but for some people, it can mm-hmm. signal that the relationship is
0: dying. And and, and, it, and maybe, maybe it is dying.
1: It could be dying. Could be. Because, you know, I don't think that a relationship, my personal opinion, is that I don't think a relationship is going to work very well um, unless... There's a little bit of effort made on both sides to to work things out and to talk things out, and to be to go silent like a submarine mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, is. I think uh, working off of an old model, sure, it's like an, a 1950s kind of model where the woman uh, is at home and she cooks and she she cleans and she takes care of the baby and all that kind of a thing, mm. and the man is the strong silent type and they sit down okay. in their double chair. They're they're matching, you know, big lounge chairs and they watch T V. And so it's and it maybe an old model that's being sure. passed down to to the men. Yeah. And and women are also socialized differently. They are socialized to 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 be freer in their communications than men.
0: Yeah, are. but then you you have women who will so called give Give a man the silent treatment as well, and and True. refuse to speak. And I think that that's whether it's the man who does it or the woman that does it, that silence spe- spells the end of the relationship. You make a good point. In the past, the roles were defined differently, and yes. that it was in some ways easier for men and women, and in some ways harder because with freedom. With autonomy comes responsibility. In the old days, you just did what your parents did. You lived where your parents lived and you're married who your parents said you married. You didn't have much choice, so you didn't have to think, could I Could I have been a um, famous singer if I'd done this instead of what I've done it? And you, you never thought, oh, could I have had a, a much more sensitive man or a, a much better partner because... Your path was laid out for you now we have so much choice over our lives, and with that becomes the responsibility of coming becoming the kind of person who can make good decisions so if you end up with this stiff upper lip kind of guy, you also need to look inside and figure out why you chose him um, and yeah. you know rather than what is it in you that was drawn to that and um find out if. If you can make better re- um, romantic options, and uh, if you, I, I, I always think that you have more power focusing on your role in creating the situation than the other situation than, than than the other person. It's important to know what treatment you're willing to tolerate and where you draw the line, and to have lines to draw. And i I agree with you fully. I don't think that step up or type who doesn't want to talk is fit for the kind of relationships that we need to, that we want in the 21st century, unless you, as a woman, I don't mean you, obviously, Satya, or Mm -hmm. someone listening, unless that's the kind of dynamic you, you you know, if if you want a traditional dynamic. But look, there's a, you cannot go to a car showroom and pick one car and then drive it home and start trying to turn it into, um, you know uh, another car another kind of car you go out and you pick the kind of model you want because people don't change very much they become they can become a better version of themselves so so it's it's important that you know what you want and you you select carefully because if you get your partner home and start trying to change them into something that they're not um you're going to Frustrate them, and it will spell the the end of a relationship. But it might be a an end that drags out for a couple of years, and then you've lost a couple of years, um, which you could have been spending finding someone that you you love, and who doesn't have these problems with communication. So I would like to encourage women to to empower themselves.
1: Yes, it's a good idea, and as as uh, somebody once told me, um, and this is not—I'm not making this analogy to men, uh, but we were talking about women will try, or sometimes men will try to change. Yes,
0: yeah, so you know they—they they won't.
1: Right, it goes both ways. And the old saying is, "Never teach a pig to sing." Yeah, it'll irritate you and frustrate the pig.
0: Right, and that's <laughs> and that is so true. So yes, if you. Communication is the basis of relationships, and if you're not uh, able to communicate, you can't solve problems, so your problems will grow, and um, if you're with the the type that doesn't communicate, whether it's a, a man who closes his uh, mouth and a sip of uh, for a lip, or whether it's a woman who will not talk through problems and just give you the silent treatment, then maybe they need to be exper- experience rejection for that. And it's yeah. only once they experience that rejection a couple of times that they might think of, of bucking up their ideas.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's all you can do, huh, is try to preserve your own dignity and, you know, give somebody a chance to think about it for a minute or two, right?
0: Sure. Well, yeah. I'd like to thank you for seeking my counsel on these issues. Um, I hope that I've had something useful to contribute, and it, it's nice to be interviewed for my own show because usually I'm I'm interviewing other people, and I, I appreciate you asking.
1: Oh, I I thought that this was really an interesting conversation. I'm sure I learned a lot from your perspective and from the. Um, Obviously, uh, being interested in healing has taken you into places where you've had to educate yourself and uh, be willing to be open and work on yourself and then share that with other people because that's what you do mm. um, as a therapist and a coach. So um, I thought that was really, really good. I mean, it brought a different – and you're, you're in Scotland, and I'm in the United States, so we really are we, we really do have different cultures, but they are similar in many, many ways, many, many ways. but uh, the you know the idea of a traditional relationship it it threads through the whole of the United States in terms right. of, you know, and I know that's true in the UK and other places in the world, but um, you know, there are certain universal truths no matter what country you're from, um, that resonate with people uh, regarding, you know, creating quality relationships with each other. And I think communication and learning about yourself, like you had mentioned, setting your boundaries, knowing what your boundaries are and what you need, those are important.
0: For sure, yeah. Well, thank, thank you for giving you me this so opportunity much. to explore um what i think and uh, for your very interesting questions and I, I hope that they will provide answers that are helpful or satisfactory to the people that you've worked with that you got them yes. from you said these are the f- these are the prob- the questions that many women have so yes. so I, I hope that my what i have to offer will foster more understanding between the sexes because we don't want any more divisions because if we can understand the problem then we can work to fix it Uh, we need some kind of movement that's just about promoting understanding between people
1: thank you i sure appreciate you okay
0: likewise all right Bye -bye. bye okay i hope you enjoyed that don't forget to check out the archives for some more great shows and share this with anyone that you think might benefit from it until next time Be yourself. Well, don't just be yourself. Be yourself and love it.